Okay, so that was uh, short because we don't have any sponsors. Um, politics. So you had mentioned that you were involved in politics from a young age. So where is that taking you uh, in terms of politics? Um, so like I said, the, the first election I got involved in uh, was a judicial election in 2017. It was a, uh, not 2017, <laughs> I'm, I'm old. Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, back in 1997, it was a, a judicial race. A friend of the family's was a assistant district attorney who was running for judge, um, and uh, um, I did the old the old uh, door knocking, canvassing okay. out out there, sure, sure. putting up signs, yeah. um, and just it was a great opportunity to get exposed to the process. Okay. Um, it was it was truly a candidate who was running because of um, concerns about. Um, concerns from law enforcement, concerns from various people in the community about um, the way the judge was uh, was doing his job. Okay, uh, so it wasn't it wasn't an upward mobility, um, upward you know career politician seeking a job. It was someone who truly just felt um, he wanted a new position. Um, so from there, I got a little more involved. Um, I I didn't get too involved in the college Republicans where I was at at Carroll university. We had a, a fledgling or organization, um, but there really wasn't, um, I didn't get that active into it. Okay. Um, in, uh, 2004, uh, the law firm that I worked at was, um, <clears throat> was election day council, <coughs> um, for Bush Cheney. Um, so I got the opportunity to, um, really learn um, I, I helped, uh, in 2004, there was the Republican National Lawyers Association held their election day seminar mm -hmm. in, um, in Milwaukee, in Milwaukee. It's a two day seminar. Uh, it was a great opportunity to, to really start meeting these, um, these people that a lot of times people don't know who these, uh, attorneys are. There are some who only do election law. Um, however, some of these attorneys are phenomenal litigators mm -hmm. who, um, when they're not doing that, um, every two years, every four years, they, they put on a different hat, um, and they do election law. Um, so with that, I got involved in both the election law world and then the, um, for lack of a better term, the GOP, uh, the Republican operative world, um, just by different contacts. So um, you, you would then, I'm assuming then, uh, uh, your political identification, your ID, your, your, your stance, I suppose is Republican. Um, I, I always like to say I'm more conservative, uh, than, um, okay. than, than just straight Republican. I have, I have libertarian views. I have, um, but I'm also, there are, um, I, I'm not afraid to see left. Um, sure. I have, uh, um, many friends on across the spectrum. I have, you know, in full disclosure, I voted across the spectrum because mm. there has been, um, situations where the other, where the candidate, whether they be independent, green, sure. uh, left of the Republican candidate, um, was not a, uh, what was the better choice mm -hmm. in that, whether or not it was, um, a friend or, um, or whether or not it was just someone who sure. was based on my interactions with that candidate was a, a, a positive. Sure. Um, and so when I started law school in 2005, um, the Republican National Lawyers Association was getting the law student chapters going. Um, so the goal at, um, 
Mitchell when I was there before there was the merger of Mitchell Hamlin. Um, my goal was to get uh, Minnesota scrollable. So scrollable meaning that right at the time that I started law school, there was, um, I don't know, I want to say eight or nine uh, members of the Republican National Lawyers Association in Minnesota. Um, between law students and between um, the growing of the, the organization in Minnesota, you had to, uh, by the time I graduated from law school, you had to you had to scroll down in order to, you couldn't just look at it on, on the first pages. Oh, you opened I up. see. I got it. Um, okay. And so, um, so in 2006, I did what's called, uh, I was a deployed uh, operative, uh, mm-hmm. deployed volunteer. Mm-hmm. So I got to go to Illinois um, to, to do canvassing and to do, um, I, I was there as part of, um, trying to think which, um, I think I was, I was there with part of the Republican Governors Association. Uh, with the Judy Bar, Judy Bar to pinker race uh, against uh, uh, Blagojevich. Um, so it was a Blagojevich. Uh, so it was a it was a good opportunity. Um, it was one of those first opportunities to see a little bit of election day. I call it election day hysteria. Um, as far as people showing up to the polls, and there were pencils, and there were pens instead of pencils. Um, and so there was a person who called in who was who was worried that the the elections were being rigged because there were pens instead of pencils, mm. not because of the fact that someone just forgot to bring the pencils. <laughs> um, it also was a great lesson mm. in the legal the election day legal aspect to it. So what happened is um, one of the things that's part of the the tools of the game is most statutes for election day uh, um, polling hours are. It's it's defined hours. It's not de- it's not a defined length of the, it's not a defined number of hours. It's defined. This is when it starts. This is when it ends. You can you can start later. You can end sooner. But that's the election day. Right. So one of the one of the the battles that sometimes happens on election day is running to court to extend those hours um, based on some kind of voting machine irregularity, um, some kind of uh, some kind of irregularity. Okay. So in 2006, I think it was right about, I want to say 3.30 um, on election day. And I want to say it was Kane County. So up in the uh, northern on the way up, uh, taking 90, one of the I-90 counties, as you're heading north up to Wisconsin, a judge in Kane County allowed the polls to stay open longer. So you go from the attorneys were fighting to not keep the polls open longer to it becomes a political operation of call everybody in Kane County who hasn't (laughs) voted yet and make sure they're voted. Um, you know, and so, um, that was a good experience as far as, uh, a lot of, a lot of the attorneys call it, um, they call it litigation on steroids because essentially you go through the entire process on election day. Um, because once, once those, those polling, once the, the hours, you know, once the polling booths, the polling stations close, the votes are in, you know, obviously there's the UACAVA, the overseas, the, the, the military ballots that are coming in. Mm-hmm. There is the absentee ballots, all that stuff still coming in. But as far as the actual, the actual votes, almost all the ballots are in that are going to count for that day. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of where things can sometimes get a little, uh, a little interesting. Um, well, a lot of behind the scenes stuff yep. that, that you were mentioning, nobody really knows about that. Correct. And you had just mentioned, you know, the game. Yep. And I think that's the where you have that unique perspective. 
where a lot of times it isn't an issue that is being brought up currently. And let, you know, let's even get into a couple of things that are kind of currently yep. um, where it's maybe not even necessarily what that issue is. It's mm -hmm. the timing of it. It's the why we're doing it recently, the gun control. Correct. So uh, we had put up the, you know, the assembly had met and then that whole thing and the gaveled in and gaveled out and, um, Senate Majority Leader Fitzpatrick had sent, um, um, Fitzgerald had sent, <laughs> you're not a senator yet, yep. um, a statement on it. And then the, the governor also sent one and we published those. And it was funny because, you know, on Facebook where a whole bunch of people are upset because of one thing and where, you know, Dryden wires a bunch of liberals and libtards and all this stuff. And then the very next post was the other one. And then it's the opposite. And, you know, realized I couldn't care less. Yep. I mean, about, uh, we're not Republican or Democrat. I don't care. Um, but why was this brought up, this gun control, that legislation now? Why do you think that was brought up when it was, um, especially considering that most people knew that this was never going to get to a vote to begin with? The the cynical part of me is always um, when, you're, when you're leading up to an election year um, is knowing where your base is, is knowing who your voters are because what it all comes down to, um, we saw this in 2018, we saw this in 2016 in Wisconsin. It, you know, we saw it around the, around the United States in 2016. Um, it's getting, it's knowing who your voters are and getting them to vote. Mm -hmm. So it's the, the term is high, pro, high propensity, um, so they're likely to vote. And then more importantly, they're likely to vote for you. Mm -hmm. um, so on you know on election day yes you know the, the the line is we want to have everyone vote mm. correct yeah, the more people the better right correct yep. the more and i'm still a believer in that despite yep. all the all the years i've worked on it the more pe if if the the apathy that gets people to not vote is probably one of the worst things that affects uh, that affects the the, the the united states is not enough people invested in the process as mm. far as Yes, I voted for this person. No, I didn't vote for this person. But still, that you made your voice heard because that essentially, for some people, that's the only voice they sure. have. You know, you pay your taxes. Um, you, you know, uh, you. I don't know. I can't even think. Of, but you pay you your pay taxes. taxes. You pay taxes. <laughs> you, you're on. You, you know, you're on the yeah. jury. You decide guilty or innocent. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you get to you know sign damages, but. But that one. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That being said. The reality of it is you want to get your voters to vote, you know, yeah. you know, and you want to figure out who your voters are. You know, I, uh, for instance, there's a special election that was originally scheduled, um, uh, for the seventh to replace, um, Congressman Duffy, mm -hmm. um, you know, scheduled earlier, you know, the cynic in me says, well, of course they want to schedule it earlier because another election means that they can figure out, um, voter excitement. Yeah. Uh, and they can also figure out where their base is, you know, yeah. and it also gives them more time because what people don't realize is, so we have that special election, special election will be in, uh, we have a primary obviously in February, we have a special election in April, whoever wins that race is up for election in, in November still. Yeah. So they, it's a quick turnaround. It's a quick, uh, but, but we're going to the point that this is part of just the game. It isn't that, uh, Evers, he's a Democrat and he did, you know what? Republican would have done it too. Well, there it is, doesn't matter who that is. There is a reason for these things. Um, but I find the interesting part is um, people that are on one side or the other. Again, it doesn't matter what side that is. It yep. doesn't matter if we're talking about a Democratic or Republican governor. 
But if they say that this is what we're doing, uh, the other side won't like it. And the people who are, let's say in this case, Democrats, because we have a Democratic governor, then they're in huge support of this. Yep. And if it's the other way around, they wouldn't. But again, it's nothing to do with the actual party. I mean, your actual, it, this is a part, this is how the game's played. Exactly. And that's the part that I, I, I sometimes get worried about or concerned about. Isn't the, the what's the saying that don't hate the player, hate the game? Yep. Right? Uh, I don't know if some people, I think most people do, but there are more than, more than there should be that don't understand that part of it. Yeah, it's, um, obviously there was the, I wouldn't say so much it was a surprise. People thought there was going to be late entries into the Demo- the Democratic pr- presidential race, uh, the primary race, but with uh, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick um, entering the race yesterday. Um, oh, I saw that, right. You know, people... Uh, you know, people were commenting, you know, there's better ways for us to spend our money. But unfortunately, part of the better ways people spend their money is on campaign staff. You know, th- those it, it's yeah. it, as much as you might hate the process, that's they're, they're paying for they're paying for people to, to do yeah. that work. Um, they're, yeah. you know, those people buy products. You know, it's the there was one person who on uh, I want to say I forgot who it was. I, I want to say it's Jim Garrity on, on Twitter who said. What people forget is that campaigning is, uh, the political campaign process is an industry. You know, there is an industry behind it, whether you're in, um, whether you're in the UK and, and, you know, Brexit and whether or not it's a, it's a prime minister's race or whether you're in, um, you know, whether you're in Japan with, with their different political systems, um, I think that was one of the highlights of college was a, a course on, um, uh, politics in the different countries. So we had to, so what we had to, so what we had, one of the things we had to do was I think it's India has 51, maybe even more individual uh, parties. Um, so we had to go through and analyze which each party meant. Um, so it's, you know, obviously it's a foreign concept to a lot of us, you know, you see more than two parties on the ballot, but we obviously have two major parties here in India. They're, they each have their own their own goals, and they have, and we wrote we wrote papers about them. And we wrote how many members are there, and wow. um, but it, it's there is a process to it. I, I forgot what the movie was with uh, with Sandra Bullock, where she was a campaign uh, she was a campaign operative, and she had lost a big race, so she went down to uh, Latin America, and she helped run a campaign to get someone elected. Um, and people don't realize that's. That's yeah. what some people, that's kind that's, of what they do. you know, the, going back to West Wing, you yeah, know, um, yeah. uh, Marley Matlin's character, when they asked her, you know, why she was, um, um, campaigning for O'Doyle, I think it was the guy's name, a guy that, um, a, a terrible, a, ter- a terrible candidate. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a deaf, uh, I'm a deaf campaign operative in, uh, in Southern, in Orange County. So obviously Orange County is a more Republican County. Yeah. She's a Democrat. So you, you kind of have to go with who's yeah. going to pay your bills. That being said, you know, there aren't, there's still a, a matter of ethics to it. You know, you don't want to get, you don't want to get bad people elected. I hate, I don't work in campaigns I if that. I don't, if I don't believe in it, but yes, there is there's a certain amount of gamesmanship. There are mm-hmm. some people that are very good at it. Yeah. Well, um, and, and the, the fun, the funding, uh, or the campaigning as well. Yep. Uh, I know when the seventh congressional district, you know, when the, uh, when it was first announced that it was going to be earlier, which now we know it's going to be a little bit later. Yep. Um, a lot of people were asking, well, who is kind of the front runner and who is, and obviously I think on the Republican side, I think it'd be safe to say that Tiffany Correct. Uh, would be, uh, probably be that. Um, 
But I think, once again, going back to what that game is, when you have that short time period before a special election, this isn't being um, the front runner or, or, or being a person that is electable or nice or shares your views. That's only like a third of this. Yep. Then you have the other third is who's going to raise the most money, who's going to raise the most. Yep. And then who's the most organized? Correct. Those two parts play a huge role, I mean, in any election. Correct. But certainly in a, in a, in a uh, short time period before a special election. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, that's the part that people may be missing is that this is how the game is played. It isn't just about the candidate. And in fact, in this scenario or what it was before it was kind of moved back, but I still think it, it applies to a certain degree. Um, it's who's going to raise most money and who's the best organized. Correct. Because, you, you know, with, with, with the Wisconsin 7th, you're dealing with a, um, a large geographic area. You're going, you're Huge. going, you're going border to border yeah. and you're going Wausau North, yeah. you know, so you're, you're dealing with, you know, the joys of redistricting when we lost that, um, uh, when we lost that congressional seat back in, I think 2000, maybe 2000 or 2010, when we went front, when we went, we lost the seat, um, that affected because obviously the eighth, which is, um, over in the Fox Valley used to go farther North into this, what is now the seventh. But, you know, there's a reason that, um, Congressman Duffy's, um, district office was in Wausau. You know, there's, there's a reason that there is a Democrat candidate who's running, who is from Wausau. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there is that, um, there are the population centers of the seventh, that come into play. Um, I think Wausau is kind of becoming the political central for the North. Yep. And, and it also helps, you know, you have a, um, I, I think it's, uh, you have the central Wisconsin airport that's right there. So you have a, you have an easy, easy hub coming in and out, yep. um, that, uh, that's there. Plus it's a, it's an easy portal, um, for statewide candidates as well, mm-hmm. because you, you can go on up and down, um, highway 51 to Madison to, to, to get to Madison. Um, but yeah, and the other, and getting back to the funding is the, the rules that you have, um, with the federal rules, you have, you have primary funds, you have, gen, you have general election funds, you have soft money, you have hard mm-hmm. money, you have independent expenditures. Um, there's a reason that there are people who their sole job is uh, campaign finance disclosure, campaign finance work. Um, you know, it's in the news. Um, today there's an ethics investigation of, um, Congresswoman Tlaib about uh, uh, some some uh, misuse of campaign funds. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, there's so many rules to it. The, yeah. the, the, F, the FEC exists. There's five commissioners. It exists for a reason because they have to, um, uh, but they, they have to, uh, you know, monitor how everything, so the game is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's local parties, there's state parties, there's, you know, even it's right, yeah. it's right, re- even it's regulated who can send you a robocall. You know, that's, you have to, there's certain rules that affect robocalls when you oh. get that, uh, that robocall from, you know, Bill Clinton or George Bush two days before the election saying, mm-hmm. you know, this is Bill, Bill you know, former president Bill Clinton, this yeah. is former president George Bush. And I want you to vote for so-and-so yeah. on election day. Do you think Duffy's going to run for something again? Um, I could see it. He is, um, between, uh, between Sean, who I have to do a, do a, uh, a shout that he's also a, a Mitchell alumni. Uh, Mitchell, ha- Mitchell has two alumni presently in, uh, in Congress. Uh, oh, wow. well, we had, um, Sean who obviously, obviously stepped down and Tom Emmer, um, who's out of the sixth in, uh, Minnesota oh, no is also a, uh, Mitchell graduate. Um, I don't see Duffy going away. I, I really don't. I just don't see that happening. Um, I, th- I think um, people definitely feel for him. The, the fact that um, uh, 
their new their new um, daughter is yeah. has, has Down syndrome, and he, and he really is focusing on. Yeah, you know, obviously there are still um, he still has to make a living. Uh, no, I don't think anyone um, anyone questions why he's a CNN CNN contributor. Sean likes to argue. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? What better place to argue than being <laughs> being a conservative on CNN? CNN right. Um, and yeah. he, you know, he's very, he's married to Rachel who is accomplished, you know, strong-willed woman in her yeah. own, you yeah. know, a well-spoken woman in her own, right. I think, I think he's one of those people that is well-spoken and mm-hmm. does at, at his heart have, um, mm-hmm. the good, you know, the future of, um, you know, he's got eight, eight kids. Mm, he, yes. he, he wants, he wants a good Wisconsin for those, you know, he's not yeah. going anyplace. Right. He wants a good Wisconsin for those eight kids. Yeah. He wants, um. You know, he's part of a, he's part of a big family. You know, he wants a good, a good life for that. Um, you know, he's, he's from the, that Sawyer area, um, that's being affected. You know, the Sawyer Bayfield Ashland area that's being so heavily affected, um, by the heroin issue that, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see both him and Rachel getting even more involved with some of these, um, meth and, uh, uh, opioid task forces to really deal with, Mm. with that and to deal with issue uh, uh, among the drug use among the, uh, the native populations which uh is obviously yeah been a big a big when, topic issue when is baldwin's uh, senator baldwin's uh, term up that i'm i'm not sure because she um uh, i think she's got another four years because i want to say she was just reelected in last year uh, or, in what is it not oh, a year and a half ago yep it's one eighteen or two years um do you think Duffy would, if he is considering or whatever, do you think he would be uh, looking towards, I'm going to see two things, either state Senate or, or, or Senate you know, for Wisconsin or, or governor. I could, I could see him going the, the governor's route. Um, uh, I, I, I think everyone becomes a little bit disenchanted when they're in DC that they couldn't get more, you couldn't get more done. Mm. Whereas you can come back and get, um, a lot done locally. Sure. I think we saw that a little bit in Milwaukee with Tom Barrett as the mayor. You know, he's he's probably been able to do far more for the city of Milwaukee as a mayor um, than he was able to do as a congressman yeah. for representing a yeah. certain district yep. in in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, yeah same, you know, same. You know, same. Same with uh, obviously Governor Walker has run for president. Um, I could more see Governor Walker running for Senate, um, mostly because he has done. You know, uh, Milwaukee County is a state unto itself. Mm. Um, so when he was county, uh, the county executive director down there, mm-hmm. um, and stepping into his the things he has done, um, I could see him doing that versus jumping up for another uh, presidential run. Mm. You know, the unfortunate thing for Governor Walker is I don't I don't know the conversations that were had um, public publicly. There were issues about whether or not he had burned some bridges from some of those big donors um, by. Um, by stepping down and by um, not really being the candidate that they wanted, you know, it's it's one of those things where you often get thrusted into the position of the front runner, and you don't know, and you um, everything gets micromanaged. You know, it, obviously, it's it's always yeah, easy. You almost feel like you're not running, you're not steering the ship anymore. Correct. You know, it's I'm sure if you you go back to um, 2000. Uh, uh, w- w- you know, down in Iowa and Howard Dean with his, uh, his, his epic, <laughs> yeah! you know, his epic, his epic, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for, for, the, for the sake, for the sake of, uh, 
being nice to him, call it uh, Robin Williams' Mighty Rebel Yelp. Yep. Um, <laughs> he was excited. But, but, you know, it's it's someone who, you know, doesn't exactly know what's going to, to happen. I worked on, um, I was a volunteer on Fred Thompson's campaign in 2008, um, which was a great experience to travel all over all over the country. Oh. Um, while being in law school and while working full time, but with that, you know, being there on election night in Iowa and you finished third by, you know, uh, we went, we finished uh, third by 0.2% over John McCain. We're like, yeah, yeah. we finished third, you, you know? know? So, um, you know, and obviously Mike Huckabee had that big first start, but there was, yeah. unfortunately for, uh, you know, for governor Huckabee, there's been, the, uh, you know, he has. He has his own, you know, the Willie Horton issue, the Willie Horton issue, as people know, for Michael Dukakis yep, yep. in in, uh, in 88. Oh, yeah. You know, there is, there's rumors that there are people on the Dukakis staff who had started buying apartments <laughs> and buying, you know, before the Willie Horton ad came out. And, <laughs> and, for, and, and that's actually, you know, my involvement in politics. I was eight years old. That had an effect on me. I remember, I can remember it, thankfully for YouTube. If you haven't watched, the, if you haven't watched, <laughs> yeah, really watch Horton, if you haven't watched really Horton ad, it's probably one of the greatest yeah. October surprises ever. It was brilliant. Um, mostly because it, it put every candidate on notice going forward. If you have a Willie Horton in your background, <laughs> you need to deal with it. Unfortunately for governor Huckabee, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe his people didn't know yeah. he was going to rise that fast, <laughs> but he had a, he had a yeah. Willie Horton issue mm-hmm. and it's not to you know, it's not to make, it's again, we're talking about the game. It's not to make light of, you know, the victim, yeah. the, the victims that, you know, involved with Willie Horton or with, um, for lack of a better term, Mike Huckabee's Willie Horton. <laughs> um, but it's part of the game. It, you, you have to, you, you have to, you know, uh, Mark, Mark Sanford running for, for president, Oy. you know, everyone, everyone knew at some point in time, if he did get the nomination, everyone would be like, well, when's he going to go to Argentina or Brazil with his girl, <laughs> with, with his girlfriend, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. and not taking anything against, you know, the, the good things that Mark did when he was governor. Right. Um, it's, it's hard because you're just, you're judged on a different, um, uh, it's a different scale. That's it, for sure. a, a different scale. So, and, that's, uh, and that's why people stay out of it. There well, are people, yeah, I don't know why anybody would get into that business. Yep. I've told uh, uh, Roman Quinn recently that I don't know why you do this. Yep. At all? Have you been watching the impeachment hearings at all, or have you been following? I have. Them? I have. I um, I'm hopefully going to be able to spend some time watching it today. I find it, um, it's good political theater. I was just going to say the same thing. It, it really is good political theater because of, uh, I, it's good political theater because there's another step to this whole process. You know, it's not even you know some some people like to say this is like the grand jury. No. The grand jury is even more organized than, than, <laughs> than this. And, and it doesn't, it wouldn't matter if this, um, I was lucky enough, you know, to be in college and, you know, uh, to watch the, the Clinton, the, impe- Clinton, sure. the Clinton impeachment hearings and to watch, um, all of that, uh, questioning, obviously there was a different situation. There was an actual, there, there was a lie. There was all kinds of other yeah. more seedy evidence versus bribery. And, you know, I think all of us know that at this point in time, the Burisma is a corrupt oil company in, in the, in, in Ukraine. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that one. I think for uh, some of my friends of uh, Ukrainian descent, I think the greatest thing is that no one's calling it the Ukraine, which I learned is it's not the Ukraine, it's Ukraine. There's no, Oh, there is no the, there is no the, okay. um, but I think, you know, today, sh- today should be interesting. You know, it's, it's the ambassador, um, the former ambassador from Ukraine. Yeah. It, you know, it should be a little bit more interesting than that, but, it is political theater. Yeah. There are people trying to score points. Um, yep. Yep. 
And there's also people trying to avoid, you know, those bad sound bites. Because in the internet era, you watch it on YouTube, you yeah. watch it on C-SPAN, you make that cut, you put it in an yeah. ad. You know, there was an ad, a uh, radio ad that just started for, um, uh, I think it's America's First. Um, the America's First pack that just kind of just blows over the um, blows over the whole impeachment process and, and, and talks about, um, and, I, and I think part of it too is if you're not, you know, in those civics classes and those history classes you take in, in high school and in college, if you're not learning about the 2000, you're not learning about the Clinton impeachment. Mm. If you don't go back all the way back and you learn about the Andrew Johnson impeachment and how heated that was and um, all the, the stuff that's written about that, um, you don't realize that there there's a certain amount of political theater to it. And there's, there's a certain role, you know, it's as a, as a political person, I, I'm, I'm the cynic that sees that this is just trying to win points. And I don't really, I don't anticipate that the president will be impeached. Um, if he is impeached, if he, if he is impeached, I don't think he'll be removed from office. You know, I, it's right. Um, when I think again, going to that understanding, uh, mm-hmm. instead of, uh, there are people who, think that the impeachment process is stupid, which that's perfectly legitimate opinion. Yep. But it's because they were a Republican. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, there are people who think that we absolutely have to impeach him because you're a Democrat and you don't like Republicans. Yep. That's the part that kind of drives me nuts is just because of their political identification, you don't like them understand that part of the game. Or like you were saying, understanding the, the impeachments that have happened before or the attempts at those, or understanding how much of an impact lobbyists and lobby firms have and what kind of a role that that actually plays in politics. Well, that's the game that it's, it's, and we keep calling it a game. I'm, I'm sure there's a better word for that, but um, that's the part that I wish people would start looking into a little bit more, uh, educating themselves on. Yeah, but it's the, the, the polar, you know, and a lot of people have written about the polarization that social media has caused because people can, um, people can, can go on and just express an opinion. They can post an article, they can make a meme, make a meme before they know it. You know, it's, um, it's viral and everything else. Um, and, and so much of it is we, um, I think the, the quote is there's never been a, um, a, never been a society that had more access to knowledge and so little, um, so, but understanding understanding of it. (laughs) Um, and so that's part of the, the issue is, you know, we live in a headline world, you know, do you click on that headline or you just don't even get me started on headlines. We have headline Nazis and I'm sure that's probably not a PC term, but I don't care, man. That's what they are. They will just read the headline and make a decision. You didn't even read the stupid story. Yep. And it's, uh, some of us, uh, Twitter purists, you know, when they got away from the 140 characters, it was kind of like, well. Well, this is good. So now, in addition to not going to the link, they're only going to read the first part of the thread, and they're not going to read the rest oh, of the read the rest, read the rest of the thread. Um, and there was a time at which, um, uh, during Twitter's infancy, that if you retweeted but you changed what was the what was in the tweet, you had to put an MT, which meant um, a modified tweet, because you used to put for. Instead of hitting a retweet button, you used to have to actually type in the, type in RT to retweet and and, yeah. and and paste it, and and so you at least knew that there was some, and then people would yell at you for modifying their My, tweet, right. and then they block you and everything else. <laughs> um, but uh, but but yeah, there is a certain level of polarization that um, one uh, one pundit has said that we stopped talking about politics and religion at, at the dinner table. So we don't know how to talk about it anymore without, without getting, you know, getting the, um, the open discourse, uh, you know, it's, 
I think that's, that's always hard because there are conversations that I admit that I bite my tongue on. Cause I don't want to have that. You know, right. there was times in, there was times in law school. I just, you know, I had an opinion, you know, and I didn't, I, you know, I didn't express it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's my own, uh, that's my own choice and being, you know, fairly non-confrontational at times. And sometimes I just, um, I think a lot of times if, if people would listen to talk radio yesterday, I flipped between, um, I flipped between multiple talk radio stations yesterday just to get different perspectives. And, and almost all the radio hosts tried to get someone from the opposite perspective on. Um, and then they, they just yelled at each other, you know, it was, you know, but what about this and what about this? And it wasn't yeah. really a, it really wasn't a, a Doug, uh, you know, a Lincoln Douglas debate, you know, which we all wish we could have. It was a, um, trying to score points and I'm yeah. better, you know, it's, and that's just kind of how it is right now. Yep. It's, you know, and it, so, it seems to be all everyone's doing is rallying their own base. Yep. And, th- and that's part of the reason I, one of my favorite times and I'm a, I've been a loyal rush listener my whole, you know, most, you is know, he my, still around? Yes. He's, no, uh, he's on 11, uh, 11 to two. Um, on, um, 880 and, uh, 106, 106, okay. Um, but I like Fridays. Fridays is the open, is the open line call in. Oh, we should do that. Cause, cause sometimes, uh. cause sometimes the questions just make you realize that the stuff in the, being covered in the media is nothing compared to what people are thinking on their own at home. Cause even Rush will start laughing. He's like, I don't know where you came <laughs> up with that. <laughs> you know, cause he, uh, yesterday, yesterday he was, every single caller was calling in about uh, a quote that, that was attributed attributed to Nancy Pelosi to the speaker and he's been searching for it he's <laughs> you know he's he is a prolific researcher what people don't know about rush is he he do, he does have a desire to know the actual statement he doesn't sure. doesn't care what you have to say about that statement he doesn't care what you were thinking when you said it you said it i'm going to hold you to it so all these people are yelling at him you know Nancy Pelosi said this she said this and he keeps asking them, "Did where's the where's the where's the quote? Where's the you know where's the soundbite?" Yeah. And finally, someone's like, "Well, someone told me," and he's like, "Well, that's what this impeachment's about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that's what." Uh, um, yeah. And so, the hard part for me with the impeachment hearings is there are uh, there's is other stuff going on that needs to be dealt with. I don't think I, so. Not know, that I see. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, this um, uh, NAFTA two needs to be needs to be resolved at some um, point right you know for the sake of uh, for the, the sake of farmers especially in the state of Wisconsin um you know in in across the US um these deals have been have been nice that the president has worked out with Japan and uh, with the soybeans and everything and everything else but you know our two biggest trading partners are right here on this continent and we need to you know we need to resolve those issues yeah. and we need to um, get that figured out. Um, well, and I get it right. Cause uh, we do have, um, actual issues that we'd like to, you know, probably address at some point. Yep. Um, but when these are impacting people's lives, correct. But we're using that for political points. And I say, we, I, I don't mean a Republican or a I mean, all of you, all yep. of, like we as, uh, um, as, uh, as a politician, yep. that's, that's, that's what's happening. And I get, there is that game, yep. but at some point, you know, could we actually just get something done in, in the best interest? And it doesn't matter. But I also understand that's not how the game goes. Yep. So it's in a perfect world. I think that's what the best explanation of the West Wing that we brought up a few times, the best review I had ever read about that, I think it was in the TV guy. Remember TV guy? Yep. Um, was this, that West Wing is the administration that we all wished that we had. Yep. 
but it could never be true because they are moralists. They are, uh, they have integrity. They have, and then you don't get to that point yep. being those things. You have a lot of favors that you now have to return. There's a lot of political maneuvering that goes on. And I think that's the part that is the most frustrating. And I, and I think, um, you know, Aaron, I think Aaron Sorkin did a great job with West Wing in, um, Obviously, D.D. Myers being a consultant, being a former press yeah. secretary in the Clinton White House, people assumed, you know, certain people were, people assumed yeah. that uh, Sam Seaborn was George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, that's right. You know, they, they assumed that. Yeah, uh, they had, they, they figured out who, or they thought who each character was playing that, in the real know, administration. That C.J. was a, was a tall, uh, you know, West Coast version of uh, D.D. Myers. Um, that I'm not really ever sure. I think I think when John Goodman was the speaker, and yeah. he, I don't know who that was supposed to emulate because, you know, that would have been you know after the time of um, of Gingrich and Denny Hastert, oh, and, sure. and so I don't really know who you know. It wasn't obviously meant to replace uh, Tip O'Neill, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. but but I think that show is a great, and I hope that it continues to be popular. I hope. Well, the first four, <laughs> first four seasons anyway. Yeah. Because then when Aaron Sorkin left, it was noticeable, man. Year five is like, ugh. And, and it, it started going downhill big time. And some of those um, those White House DC dramas, I think, are good for uh, even even Scandal. I think uh, Scandal and House of Cards, it, it does, it makes you think twice sometimes. It makes you be more cynical yeah. of these scandals when they happen, that there's more to it. That, yeah. You know, like I said, whether or not it's scandal or whether it's, um, uh, what's the, the one with, uh, Taya Leone, the, um, oh. the, the state, the, the secretary of state, yep. Or yep. there was the one with the Sigourney Weaver, you know, they, I, I think that that, I think all of those dramas partly play into the fact that that's a, that's our perception of what's going on, that there's more to it. Um, but there's also just the, the amount of cynicism that, and, and the amount of criti um, critiquing that we need to do. You, you read the news and it's not, it's not Walter Cronkite telling us, you know, the facts anymore. And it's not nothing against any news agency. You know, everyone has, everyone has a bias, you know, and for all, all we knew our parents and our grandparents, um, didn't know that Walter Cronkite had a bias, but we also don't know. You ask most people what political party Walter Cronkite belonged to. And most people can't tell you, I can't tell you. Um, but he was the right man at the right time, yeah. you know, between, you know, for everyone from that generation, they remember when he announced the death of JFK, you know, the different uh, events. Um, and I think we lack that. You know, we, we lack those kind of memories when it comes to events. You know? Well, yeah, we don't really seem to have that unified voice. Because yeah. a lot of news, especially mainstream media, I'm talking like large media yeah. outlets, it's really no longer really the issues. Now it's become, a per it's about personalities. You know, the last the last person I, I associate with, you know, and I'm from a military family, the last person I associate with, with, a, with a historical event as far as announcing it on TV was Arthur, Arthur Kent. In the Gulf War, being on TV when the uh, the the, stri the uh, missile strikes are starting on Baghdad in the mm -hmm. first Gulf War, that's the last like association I have mm -hmm. with um, with that. Obviously, um, there's been political speeches. You know, the the pres President Bush's speech after 9/11. Um, you know, there's been different. Yeah. There've been different. But as far as that that media role in it, so I think all these shows really make you think. What's really going on in this? You know, what's what's really the statement? Why does this person, uh, why does this person really care about these uh, about these issues? Yeah. Because um, because you know, going back to West Wing, 
Um, there's the, the great episode with the filibuster about, about the funding for autism research. Yeah. And you know, when you get down to the heart of it, it has nothing to do with uh, being a pain in the butt. It's because his granddaughter has autism. autism. You know, it's, you know, there are members of Congress who have, um, that was a great episode, by the way. Yep. And it, because it, it's a great learning episode, yes. you know, because so much we hear back and forth about the filibuster, we hear about the, we hear about the nuclear option, all these different issues between, you know, the, that are all these rules. You know, there's another great episode where, um, where Josh is trying, where Josh is trying to, um, is in a meeting, so he can't be there to extend time. So he's going through all the rules that he knows as a, as, you know, parliamentary procedure for, yeah. for those of us who enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's the rule, it's parliamentary procedure is there to protect, for, to protect the minority, you know, and if you, if you know the rules, it's, you know, that line from the great movie skulls, you live by the rules, you die by yeah. the rules. It's, it's, it's the truth when it comes to the game. And that's why, that's why we call it a game. You know, it, we want it to be more alt, um, altruistic. But it, a little bit is a game, but that game also has positive results. It has negative results. You know, it's, we're, in, we're, in, we're imperfect humans. Yes, but I think we both agree. I just wish more, we wish more people understood the game or that that game was actually being played. Yep. And it's, you know, when we, we had talked about this before. Um, I, I joked about it, but I think um, from about uh, probably late January, mid, middle January until end of April, I think Hulu will see a massive increase in people uh, I'm streaming on there because the fact that uh, no one's going to want to watch TV, you yeah. know, in the state of Wisconsin, we have a, what's going to be a hotly contested Supreme court race. Yep. Um, you have um, Dan Kelly, who is up for his first um, reelection. Yep. Uh, and based on the way the rules work, he is, he has actually had longer than most judges. Um, he's been on the bench. Now he replaced judge justice Prosser. Um, however, because of the fact that you can't have two justices up in a, any given election, um, he ended up being on the bench for quite a few years. So he's able to build up a little bit more of a uh, body, uh, of, work, a, a body of work and a resume than when, mm-hmm. um, Rebecca Bradley, um, replaced judge, uh, justice crooks. Um, whereas she got appointed, um, when there were in, when there was the opening and she had to be up for election, um, right away with, um, yep. with, uh, justice, uh, Kloppenberg. Um, so in addition to that, we have the special for the Wisconsin seventh. Um, uh, we also have, um, you know, possibility of judges race, you know, local judges races. We have the possibility for, um, uh, local races and local races in general. Yeah, so Marcy's law is coming up and Marcy's law referendum is going to be out there. And there's also going to be, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else was out there, but you know, quite a few, quite a few things are going to be out there and, and more, most importantly for some people is going to be the the vote that may have the least impact on their life, which, you know, it's sad, but true, but who you vote for, for president, yeah. you know, it's the, the 2020 the, is going to be an incredible election cycle. I yep. mean, and again, not just the presidential, I mean, this is going to start in February. Yep. And it's, it's it, going to go all the way through November. Yep. And for those in Iowa, you know, it's already started. There's early voting. I believe early voting in Iowa starts, um, yet in before the end of the year. Um, and so, um, and there won't even be a break, you know, and Wisconsin will be hit even more. We got the democratic national convention going on in Milwaukee this year, which, you know, is great for revenue. You know, I was, I got to be part of, um, I got to be in the cities for the 2008 Republican convention, which is, it's just, it's, it's mass, um, 
mass hysteria. I can imagine. Uh, it's the excitement. It's the euphoria of the people who are true believers, you know, that are there who this is the highlight of their every four years is going to this convention. Um, it's seeing all the different personalities that come in. It's the part, you know, it's, it's, it really is. It's the best political theater for the people who truly enjoy it. Yeah. And I, being a staffer, I got to go to, I got to go every night to the convention to watch everything. I got to go to the, uh, to the parties and everything. And it, it was a great experience just to see that side of it. What would you recommend to, to anyone that is listening? If they want to do, get involved a little bit more, understand a little bit more about the game or just politics in general, where would you, uh, kind of lead them to go to start that process? I think I would, the biggest thing to do is read, read, but read, be conscious of what you're reading. You know, make sure you're reading both sides. You know, if it's a very controversial issue, I try to listen to um, talk radio on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and I also try to read on both sides. The other thing I try to do is I try to read internationally. You know, um, Le Monde is a, a French newspaper. Um, the Le Monde. Um, you know, there's there's newspapers in, uh, you know, with the, joy, with the you know, the, with translation on the internet. Yeah. Um, reading the German newspapers, the, the British newspapers, and then also reading, um, you know, some of the Chinese news, you know, obviously the, one of the big controversies, oh, little... one, one of the big controversies lately has been, um, the comments of the owner of the, of the Houston, the oh. Houston Rockets and, and talking about Hong Kong and that had a huge and, impact on the NBA, you know, in the, and the difference in there. And I think part of it's just educating yourself yeah. and not just, like I said, there's, there is data out there. There's, there's. You have to just go out there and grab yeah, it. Don't just be, don't absorb it. And right? it, don't wait for it to come to you. You have to, because if you're waiting for something to come to you or you're just, um, scrolling past something, yep. um, that's not, that's, you're not educating yourself because you don't know what's going to be seen in front of you. You actually have to go and seek that out. And if you want to get involved in the process, um, uh, campaigns do not turn away volunteers. Um, uh, you know, the, one of the best indicators of, of success is, um, is contacts. So they need people out there door knocking, um, meeting with people. So if, if there's someone you believe in, and I say you have to believe in them, um, because you're giving up your time, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's going to be the spring and whether it's going to be, you know, watching hockey, you know, going to your kids events, you know, anything you're choosing to use your time in a certain way. Mm. Um, I can tell you it's great exercise. I've never gained weight in a campaign before. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, uh, in 2008, I lost considerable, uh, considerable weight working on the campaign and, the and the recount, um, just between door knocking and just getting out. And it's a great way to meet people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, it's a fun way to meet people. And, and again, if it's a candidate you believe in, it's something to follow. It's some people's career, uh, to follow. Um, and there's, there's, like I said, uh, there's also the alumni base, um, that I, I enjoy the fact that I, you know, at one point in time, Mitchell had two members of the, of our, uh, two alumni in Congress. Um, I got to know, uh, representative Emmer when he was a state rep in, um, in Minnesota. Um, uh, and when he, and I, I did some work on his governor's race uh, in Minnesota. So it, it's getting to know these people, um, to appreciate the game. But getting to know these people on a mm. personal level, getting to know people that know them, to know that it's just not, there are people who are, who are motivated and ambitious and mm. they want, they want to be president and they want this other stuff. They're also the people that want a better, better America, yeah. better Wisconsin, better, better, better Shell Lake, you know, yeah. 
So, um, and, and when it comes down to it, the thing that will impact your life the most is, is the people on your school board. That's, that's fascinating. You know, that's the, that's the person who at the end of the day probably affects your life the most. Um, because, because of the fact of the way that they spend the property taxes, um, for, you know, and the way, the way they, um, they, the way that they develop the next generation of, um, the way that they encourage the teachers and the school districts to, to bring on the next generation of kids to, to where they focus their money, where they focus the resources, um, you know, the way they adapt, are they adapting to the fact that we lack tradespeople? You know, are they, um, are they w developing relationships with technical colleges so that, you know, your junior, senior year of high school, you're becoming a, you know, apprentice, you're, you're going through the trades if you want to go that route. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my dad runs, um, a structural steel company, um, out of uh, Seymour, Wisconsin. And with that, you know, it's, it's getting these young guys in the trades. You know, it's, I, I joke that if I, if I had the good hand eye coordination and could, could do manual labor, let's mm -hmm. do the, you know, I would do the, you know, sometimes I wish I could do the trades. Mm -hmm. Um, because the, there are people that are good at that. You know, the, the, there are people, some people that go to prison and they, they come out as, as welders, they get a welding certificate while they're in prison and they can come out and they can work. Yeah. Um, so not you, that's why you can't go to prison. Yep. And give me a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure. They don't have iPods or iPads exactly. with spreadsheets on them in prison. Exactly. Um, and I think the, the only other person next to the school board, the next most important per person, um, are the, you know, uh, not just a shameless plug of your dad, but are the sheriff and the, the judge in your County. Um, because you never know when you're, when you're going to be in the role where you're at, you know, their mercy for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so if there's, if there is a judge who has certain, certain views on how of, of punishment views on treatment, views on drugs, you know, obviously we live in a, um, a state now with, uh, uh where, where pot's still illegal, um, that, uh, you know, that's the law that they have to enforce. That's right. a law that the office law enforcement has to enforce, but their view about punishments regarding that is obviously Different, an issue. Right. So, yep. um, as much as we're going to hear in the next year about the presidential race, about Congress, you know, make sure that they call them down ballot races, but make sure you don't lose sight yeah, of those. Yeah. Pay attention to those. Who's you know, your sheriff? Who's your judge? Who's your DA? Yep. What are they doing? That's, that's important. Exactly. Matt, thanks so much. I really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for coming all the way up from uh, Menominee. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> um, you've been listening to a DrydenWire.com podcast. I want to thank this week's guest, attorney Matthew Kirkpatrick of Kirkpatrick Law Office. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast, or you can watch the video recording of today's chat with our guest on YouTube channel, our Facebook watch, our Facebook page, or right on our website, DrydenWire.com. Next week, make sure you join us as we will be visiting with one of the people we just talked about, uh, newly appointed Washburn County Judge Angeline Witten. Until then, thanks for listening and have a blessed day.